Pastor Jim said this morning, you all look great. <laughs> no, they've really done studies on these things. You know, as much as we like to think we're satisfied spending all of our money on ourselves, the opposite's actually true. We're actually much happier sharing what we have with others. And so then how can we make more giving and more happiness a regular part of our lives? That's the question. Because the more you give, the happier oftentimes people are. And it's not just science that show this. It's a biblical principle. In fact, Paul, in quoting Jesus in Acts 20, 35, here's what Paul says, it's more blessed to give than receive. And so what science has proved, Jesus declared 2,000 years ago. Isn't it nice when science catches up to Jesus? <laughs> and some of those obvious blessings can be proved through science, you know, the less stress, hopelessness, and, and more longevity and physical health. But some of the blessings we find, they're listed in Scripture. And so we want to look at a passage in 2 Corinthians to help us examine this today. And what we're going to find as we look at this passage is this, is that you can experience joy in giving. And I'm standing in a room full of people that know this principle, but it's always good to review and, and reconsider how giving affects our lives. And in this time of year, it's a season of giving. And this is why we, we take a look at this at Christmas. And, and so we want to talk about that today. So if you have your Bibles... Hey, I hope you do. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians this morning. So we've been in Ephesians. This is one of Paul's other letters in 2 Corinthians, and, and we'll get back to Ephesians in January, but want to take some time this Christmas season going into some Christmas passages. And, and the first is 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I'm going to invite you to stand for the reading of God's word. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, taking a look at verses 6 through 11 this morning. So here's what Paul writes to the believers in Corinth. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves, what kind of giver? Cheerful. A cheerful one. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency... In all things, at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. These are the very words of God. You may be seated this morning. And so we find a couple of things in our passage this morning. The, the first is this, is that we can experience joy by giving because it is God who provides for our needs. We experience joy in giving because God provides it. So our family has loved living in an agricultural community. I grew up in one as a kid in, in North and South Dakota, lots of wheat farms in North Dakota. Uh, we really enjoy it. We love watching farmers both plant and harvest their fields. Uh, the laws of sowing and reaping, of course, are fairly simple. What you sow is what you reap, right? If you sow corn, what are you going to get? This is not a hard question. If you sow soybeans, what are you going to get? That's it. At least we hope, right? Or you bought the wrong seed. I don't know. So that's what you get. And if you sow only a few seeds... And of course, you're going to reap a small harvest. But if you sow generously, you reap generously. 
And so one of the things that our kids have enjoyed doing while living here is that uh, they've often been times in the fall been given rides in combines for the harvest. It's a really fun time. And I tell you what, there's some incredible technology in combines today. If you've not been in one, I swear you can order a Starbucks mocha from that thing. Like, it's pretty incredible what's in that stuff today. Um, you can measure seed rates. That's actually a really important part. That was one of the things I was asking one of our farmers about, the seed rates that goes into planting today. And so the whole goal is, is increasing the amount of seed that can go in the soil. That's an important goal. That in the 70s, when I was talking with one of our farmers, he was saying the goal was planting 20 to 25,000 seeds per acre of corn. But with today's farmers, thanks to research and technology, they have the ability to plant 30 to 35,000 seeds per acre. That's a pretty big increase. But here's what's amazing about that increase. That's not just like a 10,000 you know, per acre increase. It's much more than that. Because for every seed that gets planted, it produces an ear of corn that's five to 600 more seeds. So that's exponential growth. One seed given into the ground multiplies into five or 600 more seeds. That's incredible to me. It really is. So what that means for farmers is in the 70s, planting 20,000 seeds per acre, they were about 11 million new kernels, but now today, 35,000 seeds, there's 19 million new seeds. Isn't that incredible? Farmers know if you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly, but if you sow bountifully, you're going to reap bountifully. And this principle holds true in the kingdom of God as well. This is what Paul is talking about in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. So then the question is, how can someone sow bountifully in the kingdom of God? And it really all starts with learning how to give. This is what we've seen. It's a part of discipleship. It's growing in the nature of God. It's a part of overcoming fear. That's what I have often found is it's not that people don't want to give, it's just they're not real sure. So how do we do that? And so what I've encouraged the last several years at Connection Point is just to make as a New Year's resolution to take next steps in giving. Take steps to increase your generosity. And a couple of reasons why. Number one, this is one of our church values. At the foundation of this church, over 30 years old this church is, an important value of the church has been giving selflessly. It's always been a part of the culture of this church. So be a part of the church that way. But it's also a mark of being a follower of Jesus. So I encourage you to take next steps in giving. So what we like to do is we just have kind of created a ladder that kind of gives a neat visual annually to take a look and consider where are you at in giving? Are you a nunner? No explanation needed, right? <laughs> are you, have you been yet uh, to enter into a place of giving? What else do we have on there? We've got occasional givers consistent giver. So occasionally sometimes I'm dropping something in the offering bucket or sometimes I respond on a Sunday morning. Consistent is, you know what? I'm consistently giving a certain percentage. You know that I'm a consistent giver. We say obedient or faithful is often the language that we use for what we call tithe. And we'll talk about what that looks like. Um, in fact, what we find for tithe, this comes from Malachi chapter three, when you look at scripture and here's what Malachi writes, will man rob God? You are robbing me. So uh, the prophet Malachi is talking to the people of Israel about their lack of giving. He says, but you say, how have we robbed you? And here's what Malachi says in your tithes and contributions. You're cursed with a curse. You are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe in the storehouse. So tithe refers to a 10%. This is in scripture. That there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test 
says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine in the field should not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will call you blessed for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. So we get this principle of tithing from Malachi, but then Jesus talks about tithe as well. And then the fifth level of giving is generous givers, which are our kingdom builders. So in your seatbacks, we've talked about this for a couple of weeks now. Uh, this church has been committed to not only faithfully giving, but generously giving. And what we do with kingdom builders is we bless our local and our global community. And so you're invited to be a part of giving in that way. And I know giving can be a new concept for a lot of people. And that's why we've simply encouraged, just take next steps. Just commit yourself as we head into the next year in 2022 to take next steps in giving. Drop something in the offering box as you go by if you've been a nunner. It's a good practice for you to get in. Or periodically give something online as we take up the offering on Sundays. And if you're already an occasional giver, so maybe you've not been a nunner but occasional, then become a consistent giver. You can set up consistent giving through our online giving platform. It's a really easy way to do that. But now if you've been a consistent giver, stretch and become a faithful giver, an obedient giver, giving the, the 10% to the church. Follow the instructions that we find in Malachi. One of the ways that we've encouraged people to, to make that transition from a consistent to becoming a faithful or obedient giver is through what we call a 90-day giving challenge. It's listed on our offering envelopes. You can find it online at connectionpointchurch.org give. And so what's the 90-day giving challenge? What we have found is, uh, and we've actually done this for the last several years, and I will say this, when I first introduced this, I thought, well, this would be an interesting concept for people. Uh, because what we're saying is, is if you give, if you give faithfully and obediently for 90 days, then what our business manager does is she puts those funds in a separate account. And what we say is in scripture, it says, test God. And here's what I would say. If God says, test him, do we think he's not going to follow through? Of course not. And we know that God's going to follow through. So over the course of the last about five years, we've had people sign up to say, well, I'm really struggling to feel like I can make that kind of step in giving. And so then we said, well, just do the 90 day giving challenge. And scripture says, test God. So test him and see if at the end of 30 months, if you've been faithful to give in that way, if God doesn't supply and take care of your needs. And over the last five years, we've seen zero people come back. And I wonder why it's because God is faithful. If you're faithful with the resources he's given you, God is faithful to saying, I'm going to take care of your needs. It is interesting in scripture how many times Jesus talks about finances. And I think the reason he does this is because if there's an area in our life where we try to secure our own lives, it's in the area of finances. But what does God want to do? God wants to secure our lives. God wants to do it. And can I say this? God is far better at securing your life than we are. He is. He is so faithful to take care of things. I was actually thinking this last week. So uh, this last week, Shelly was going through a roundabout. How many love the roundabouts in West Lafayette? That's, that's a little bit of sarcasm there. I talk to people all the time. They hate, they hate roundabouts. It's okay. But Shelly was going through a roundabout and, and got in a car accident. Nothing that was of, of any... She drives a truck. Sorry for the car that hit her truck. That's all I can say. But in 21 years, we've had zero accidents. That's pretty incredible, right? I think God just takes care of things in ways that sometimes we don't even understand, but he just does. Even in the case of the truck, like that's not upon us to take care of. God takes care of it, and he already has. 
And that's the faithfulness of God. So I just encourage you, if you have, what I have seen is sometimes people don't just take next steps. They don't just move from nunner to occasional to consistent to, to faithful. We've seen a lot of people say, you know what? I, I didn't really understand giving was a, fun, uh, a spiritual principle, but now that I do, I'm just going to move from nunner to a faithful giving. I'm going to try the 90-day challenge and see what God does. And so I encourage you, no matter where you're at in terms of your giving practices, Become faithful to what God and he says in his word. And the 90-day challenge is an easy way to do that, for you to sign up and say, I'm just going to give. And if at the end of those 90 days you haven't seen God faithful, just let us know. And Amanda is happy to give those dollars back and to say, well, then we'll continue to trust the Lord to be faithful in the future. Uh, But again, in five years, not a one has come back. Why? Because God can be trusted. God can be trusted. And over and over what I've seen is it's not that people don't want to give, it's just that they're just not real sure. So it's just a simple way to say, we know that God will be faithful. So you can be faithful too. And then if you're already a faithful giver, you've been giving 10% and saying, God, we trust you with our resources and finances that you secure our lives better than we can, then become a generous giver. Become a kingdom builder. Um, Because God's doing incredible things locally and globally as we commit our resources to him. Here's what Paul writes to Corinth, and and it relates to becoming a generous giver. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that's been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty. Like, there's an interesting mix. And their abundance of joy and extreme poverty. I don't know that we necessarily put those two things together sometimes. But in their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty, they've overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means, of their own accord, begging earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. That's really what Kingdom Builders is, is to say we can give beyond our means. How do we give beyond our means? Because we give supernaturally because of what God supplies. And this church has done that over and over And so we just want to encourage you to continue to be consistent in that value for this church. And the way someone becomes a generous giver, here's how this happens. The way that someone gives beyond their means is because of what the Bible tells us about the tithe. When a person tithes, what scripture says is God blesses their resources, which then provides for them a way to move into the area of generous giving. That's what happens. In other words, faithful giving is God's test to see if he can entrust you with resources to go through you for the sake of building the kingdom of God? Can you you be trusted with resources for the sake of advancing God's kingdom? That's a question when it comes to giving. Faithful giving is that test. Because again, here's what Malachi says. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the tests, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there's no more need. And then Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. He who supplies seed to the sower. Who supplies the seed? Who supplies it? God does. And bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. And that's why we say when sometimes when we've taken up the offering on a Sunday morning is giving is a place of guaranteed encounter with God. Because who supplies that which we give? God does. And so we encounter him that way. 
So as you tithe, as you give faithfully, God who supplies seed to the sower multiplies a seed for sowing. That's what scripture says. So you can give generously. That's how it works. So you can sow bountifully by climbing that giving ladder from nunner to occasional to consistent to faithful to generous. And those two on the top, those faithful and generous givers are what we have as our value of giving selflessly. That's what it looks like. So I would just encourage you, find where you're at and just take that next step in giving for next year. You can experience joy by giving as you move to that next level. And as you move to that next level, you'll find that God has the ability to provide for your needs. He will. That's what all of these scriptures point to today, that we can experience joy by giving as we take next steps as God provides for our needs. And then the second thing we find from our scripture is that we can experience joy by giving because giving brings joy into other people's lives. So it's not just joy for us, but joy for others. In the passage we read from this morning in 2 Corinthians, here's what Paul writes. The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Each one must give as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So let me pause there. We don't talk a lot about giving. I mean, we encourage giving every Sunday as we take up offering, but there should be no reluctance on our part in giving. It really should be done out of a cheerful heart that says, God, in the end, I trust you and the Holy Spirit's work in my life. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way, to be generous in every way, which through us, and so here's what happens, will produce thanksgiving to God. So here's how giving as followers of Jesus works. We make a decision to follow Jesus. We learn that it's more blessed to give than to receive. And science, as I said, it's finally caught up to prove this. And so then Jesus gives us a new heart, one of generosity, and so then we grow in our levels of giving. We give occasionally and consistently and then get to the place of giving faithfully. Our resources are then blessed by God, Scripture says. And because our resources are blessed, we have the ability to give beyond our means, to sow bountifully, and this ability to give generously. And then this giving produces thanksgiving in the hearts of others. This is what giving does. It produces thanksgiving in the hearts of others. And that really is the best part for me, that giving produces thanksgiving for others. And so this past year, this is one of the things I love to do as we look at this message annually, is I love to look at what has God done through this body in the last year, in 2021. And so here's what I found. In the last year, over 2,000 families have been blessed by our food pantry. 6,500 people have we provided for. Is that not incredible? 2,000 families, that's awesome. In fact, when I looked at this message from about four or five years ago, we were about a third of that. So that's incredible increase. We've blessed a lot of people through our food pantry this past year. You're giving, what else did it do? It provided 50 families with Thanksgiving baskets. We helped 50 families have Thanksgiving this year. Your giving has helped a number of families with rent and utility assistance. Your generosity has provided numerous local families with car seats. Your giving, as Jim already said, it's supplying Christmas for 50 families in our community. Isn't that amazing? 
We've supported local organizations, Matrix, Gifts of Grace, Lafayette Urban Ministry, Trinity Mission, Wellspring Counseling, and Teen Challenge. We've provided over 100 life recovery Bibles to people in community corrections. Isn't that a good thing? Our youth, they gave over $27,000 to support missions this year. Isn't that awesome? Your giving is supporting 89 cross-cultural workers and ministries in countries all around the world. 89. So this was, this was fun for me to look at. You want to hear where Connection Point Church is ministering today? You want to hear? Here's a really fun list. Antigua. So Connection Point Church today is in Antigua, Argentina, Armenia, Bangladesh, Belgium, China, Cuba, Democratic Republic of the Congo, the DR, Egypt, Estonia, Hungary, India, Indonesia, Iraq, Israel, and the Palestinian territories, Jordan, Kenya, Kyrgyzstan, Lebanon, Libya, Lithuania, Morocco, New Zealand, Oman, Peru, the Philippines, Russia, Saudi Arabia, Serbia, South Africa, Spain, Togo, Turkey, of course the U.S., Uzbekistan, Vanuatu, and Wales. Forty countries. Your generosity, think about this this morning, your generosity is creating hearts of thanksgiving toward God in 40 different countries right now. Isn't that awesome? And let's not forget, I mean, we're talking about all these different things. Your giving's covered light bills and staff salaries. And of course, this results in people making decisions to follow Christ. Uh, Every month, people are making decisions to follow Christ at Connection Point Church. Praise the Lord for that. People being water baptized, children dedicated to the Lord. And so I love this principle. God is doing incredible things through this church. Because every person on the other side of receiving the gifts that are given, for every person on the other side of your giving, let's make it personal this morning, it says in scripture they're receiving hearts of thanksgiving toward God. Everyone. Your giving points people to Jesus. That's the principle today. So my encouragement is, is will you take next steps in giving this year? We want to encourage you to sow generously so that you might reap generously. So generously. If the farmers in the 70s and the farmers today were hoping to sow more generously, I think we should want the same, right? Because we can experience joy by giving because giving brings joy into other people's lives. It does. So make this commitment between you and God today. If you've been a nunner, we encourage you to start doing something at least on an occasional measure. If you've been an occasional giver, become a consistent giver. If you've given consistently, think about giving faithfully at a 10% level. If you've been giving faithfully, take a look at the Kingdom Builders card, fill that out and drop it in the offering box on your way out today. Become a Kingdom Builder. We should all want to grow in our walk with God. And the area of growth that we're focusing on this morning is in the area of giving. Scripture tells us, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Notice it doesn't say, where your heart is, there your treasure will go. So here's the difference. Where you invest is where your heart will follow. And I think that's why this is such a strong discipleship issue. If you start to give to kingdom purposes, so your heart will be inclined to be more for the kingdom of God too. This really is an issue of discipleship. So I encourage you, put your treasure where you want your heart to go. God will guide you there. 
So in closing this morning, it makes a lot of sense to provide you with an opportunity to give. So if you've already given this morning, fantastic. If you want to take next steps in giving this morning, easy way to do that is online. As Pastor Jim shared, you can give online. We can text to give. There's boxes in the back as well. But I just want to encourage you, take next steps in giving. Start this, uh, this next week. You don't need to wait until next week. You don't need to wait till 2022. But take next steps. Let's just pray over those gifts this morning. God, we just thank you for the way that you lead us, you guide us, you direct us, the way that you take care of us. So God, I pray for those that have struggled in this area of discipleship as it relates to giving and trusting you with our resources. God, I just pray that you'd help us to live with faith over fear, to know, Lord, that you are the one that secures our life, that we can't secure our own. And so God, I pray that we would just trust you in the area of financial resources today and trust you to make a difference in the way that we live our lives. So God, I pray that you'd bless these gifts as they're given. Father, we just touched on this morning the many, many, many ways that this results in hearts of thanksgiving in the greater Lafayette area and in 40 different countries around the world. So God, we thank you for the way that you allow us to be a part of your kingdom advancing work. We pray that you would find us to be faithful, that you can trust us with more to do for your kingdom's sake. We trust you for that work, God, in our hearts and in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.